Be'ezes Hashem Yisbarach. We will continue what we're learning. Simon Yud Aleph. Geres HaKodesh, the 11th letter of the holy letters of the Balatanya, which is known as L'Haskil Chobina, to enlighten you with understanding. We are explaining that the enlightenment that happens to a person, the true understanding that a person has that will change a person ultimately, is the recognition that he will have in his mind. If a person's mind becomes completely clear, if a person has complete awareness, complete insight, complete clarity, complete attentiveness, if a person's mind is completely empty, if his mind is empty, his mind being a container, his mind being a computer, his mind being a place where wisdom could be revealed, right? There's a person who knows something. He's been studying for many years. person who's involved in, 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 in his job. He's worrying. And his mind is occupied the whole entire day. And he has an obsession. He wants to make money. He wants to, his mind is constantly occupied. So such a mind is full. It's old. It's, it's, it's full of... It's drained. It's completely drained. It's a very old mind. But then there's an experience of emptying the mind. Of not knowing anything. Saying, I don't know anything. I'm not... I want to just empty my mind. And when a person empties his mind, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know, he's not worried, he's not incessantly thinking, he's not deep into his knowledge. And then he says, I want to sit down and learn. I want to approach the Torah. I want to learn God's wisdom, the Holy Torah, in a way that I don't know anything. So when there's an emptying of the mind, at that moment can be wisdom. Wisdom, then you can learn something. Then you can... Then a revelation of godliness can happen. Then the mind takes on a whole different form. There's a completely different revelation that happens in a mind that's empty or a mind that's full. A mind that's full with knowledge or that's full of worry or that's full of a different type of knowledge, is full. It cannot be filled up with the light of God. It cannot be filled up with the purpose of your life. It cannot be filled up with your mission. It cannot be filled with the revelation of godliness. So on one hand, you need this computer, you need this mind, you need this... 
vehicle, this organ, to be able to discover the infinity, the music of, of godliness, to be able to discover this. You need to be able to have the organ, you need to be able to have the instrument. Because the godly revelation is indescribable. It's like light, but more than light. It's spiritual, but it's more than spiritual. It's true clarity, it's true awareness, it's true attentiveness. When you discover even for one moment your purpose, it's the most magical thing, it's indescribable. The description is not the thing. The description of water is not water. The description of the awesomeness of this moment right now, where am I, I'm being created something from nothing. Nothing in the world could describe it. It's the description that would allow you to experience it. But if your mind is so full of becoming, full of one day in the future, I'm going to start to live. If a person's so deep into details of one moment in time, if he's so trapped by himself, one moment waiting for a compliment, one moment waiting for some covet, one moment in time, and he will squander all the time, the present that he has right now, the presence, the, the only thing that a person has in his life, for one moment in time when I'll maybe hopefully be free, when I'll have enough money in the bank account that will hopefully sometime, maybe one day in the future, in a rainy day, that I'll be able to have money. The person is tremendously obsessed with this. All the while he will be missing out what there is right now, which is the only thing that exists, which is his soul coming into his body. When will a person discover this? Where will a person discover this? He only discovers this in his mind. We can only discover this in Aydashir, and we can only discover this now. But if I come to the Shir, and I know this already, then can I truly discover this moment as brand new? If I come to the Shir, my mind is somewhere else. If there's more important things for me to do right now, can I truly discover this? So a person can only discover the truth of this purpose on this world if he has the energy to empty his mind, to empty himself. Because life is a tremendous paradox. Life is a tremendous, tremendous paradox. Because on one hand, we are trying to reveal the infinity. We are trying to reveal the incomprehensible. We are trying to reveal godliness, God. And God is being revealed in my mind. The infinity of godliness is being revealed in the Torah, the Chachm of the Emesha, the incomprehensible wisdom of God is being revealed in the Torah. And on the other hand, it's trying to be revealed in my mind, in my brain, in my instrument, in my, in, my, in, my, in my own limited mind. 
How do you have these two things clash? How do you have these two things come together? How do you take lahaskilcha? How do you take the wisdom, the one spark of wisdom, which is infinite, infinite, even for one second, even that one tiny spark, it's infinite. And how do you put that into bina? How do you put that into understanding? How do you hold that into the container of the mind? How do you hold that all day? How do you have that awareness, that attentiveness, that energy, that perception, that clarity? How do you be awake, completely awake, not sleepwalking, but completely awake to your mission, completely awake to your purpose, highly sensitive, highly in tuned, a mind that's a mind and a vision that's entirely different than a vision that's just living with the surface, running after what is, running after just the superficial, the temporal, just the, 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 the outside of life. Meaning to say that you look at something and you're penetrating the core of it. You're always seeking the purpose. You're always seeking the mission. You're always seeking out God. You're always seeing that the reason why there's concealment, the reason why there's a world, the reason why everything outside in front of me is a cover-up, is because I gotta go deeper, I gotta discover the energy behind it. The world is designed to cover this up, it's designed to tempt you, to take you away from the depth of the energy that's creating the whole entire world. And that energy is incomprehensible. The godly energy of this world is incomprehensible. And everything in this world is designed to cover that up. And it's the paradox of all the paradoxes. To be able to have laskil chabina, to be able to See infinity, to see something that's unlimited with a physical limited mind, a physical limited eye. To be able to look at another Jew and eliminate all judgment. Just see them for the core who they are. To be able to look at your spouse in the moment that they're angry at you and eliminate all judgment, eliminate all negativity. And see it as a moment of unconditional love. Where I have conditional love, I give you something, I give you a compliment, you give me back a compliment. I give you kindness and you give me back kindness. But then there's I give you kindness and you get upset. But can I transcend the containers to see who you truly are? Why did you just get upset? Can I understand you? Can I put myself in your shoes? Can I love you unconditionally, despite the fact that you betrayed me? Despite the fact that it seems like, on the outside, it seems like 
You're doing the exact opposite of what I expect. Is my love conditioned on you loving me back? Or is my love unattached, unconditioned? Can I use my heart to discover you, your infinity, despite the fact? This is what the Balatanya is about to start to explain. That there's something called Hain Vilav Shavin. Good and bad are equal. Yes and no are equal. Because if my love is attached, if my love is conditioned, if my love is premised, if my love to you is based on the way you look, then I don't have real love. If I look at another Jew and he has to fit in my container, then I haven't begun to love. My love is conditioned. It's a love that's attached. I love what's attached. I'm a, I love something. I do love it. But it's a love that's attached. It's an avashi truya bedover. I don't really love you. I don't really love a love that's conditioned. But if I love you despite how you look, doesn't matter your outside. It doesn't matter what you're doing to me. Outside means not only the physical appearance, also means the physical appearance. But it means the way you're treating me doesn't matter because my love to you is unattached. It's, un- it's not qualified by what you're going to be doing for me. Then I have reached infinity. Then I have used my limited heart, which my outside of my heart wants you to give me a compliment. And it wants me to be in peace with you. And it wants me to be in love with you. But can I reveal a love that's not attached? Where I want to understand you, I want to know you for you. Independent of what I'm going to get out of it. Then I have pierced the containers of this world. Then my mind... My mind, my instrument, my container. The mind itself has become infinite. Then the container itself, the limit itself, the limit itself has become infinite. If I could be in a marriage where I'm non-reactive no matter what happens, then that means I'm really married, that means I'm really, I really have unconditional love. When does that love come out? If my whole entire life I'm getting compliments? Or isn't it true that the love comes out precisely when it seems like I'm not getting what I want? But I say I love you anyways. In my heart I say I love you anyways. Because that's when it matters. Right? We always say, I want a friend who's going to be there for me. Be there for me when? When it's easy? Or be there for me when it's not easy? Or like the person says, you weren't there for me when I needed you most. And therefore, I'm not going to be there for you. Which is, again, trapped in the reactive state. But am I going to be there for you regardless if you're there for me or if you're not there for me? Because then my love is not conditioned. Then my containers, my limit, the limited of this world, I have transcended those limits. Do you want to love a Jew because he's going to fit into your box? Do you want to love your child because they're going to fit into your box? Do you want to love your spouse because they're going to fit into what you decide? 
Is that self-love? Is that egoic love? Is that a moment in time of love? Or do you want to have unconditional love to every single person? Not caring at all how they look in the outside. This is what the Lubavitcher Rebbe said multiple times. He says, how a Jew looks on the outside has nothing to do with his Judaism, with his, with his identity. Nothing to do with the soul that's inside of him. And if you're living a life where you're looking on the surface, you still haven't touched infinity. Do you think that that's the way God looks at every person? But if your heart is on the outside, if you're living with the externality of your heart, if you're living with the outside, with the dullness, that everything is going to be a life full of measurement. And that is the essence of what he's trying to explain in this pedic. That nobody should ever have to go through suffering. But it's precisely the suffering that we go through that allows us to puncture the containers. It's precisely the diminishment of the concealment of the things that are hidden. It's precisely the concealment. Everything in this world is a concealment. Every single thing that you see is concealed. You look at your spouse. If you're going to just live with what is, it's going to end in disaster. Because what really is, what really truly is, is much deeper than what's, what you see on the outside. And you've got to split your spouse's see, his see or her see. You've got to split it deeper to truly understand them, to truly know them, to truly put, themselves in your, put yourself in their shoes. But you have to split the containers. You have to split it open. You have to take out what's, what you see and go much deeper. And when you go much deeper, what do you discover? You discover infinity. So everything in life is full of containers. It's full of cover-ups. That's the way life is. There's the outside and the inside. The inside is always godly. It's always infinity. It's always miraculous. It's always good. But the outside is always covering it up. The outside is the container. The outside is the left side that we were talking about the whole time. The outside is the body. The body allows the infinity to be revealed. But you must go deep inside. And there's two ways to go inside. One way is to puncture the body. And another way is to empty the body. They're both the same thing. To puncture the body is the suffering that he's talking about in this parak. People that will have in their life, unfortunately, they will have all types of suffering. Because there's nothing in this world. There's no security. There's no, you put your security in your bank account, you put your security in anything temporal. In the end, that will be ripped away from you. There's nothing secure in this world. So it is the diminishment of the security that we have which allows us to discover God.
It's the diminishment of those containers that force us, demand us to go deeper. And that's why we gave an example of a husband and wife that if one of them gets sick right after the Sheva Brachas, the spouse will be there for them 18 hours a day in a non-reactive state, in the most unlimited, infinite type of love, taking care without no complaining, with deep, profound love. And if we could understand this idea, if we could witness this with our mind's eye, witness this with your own mind's eye, you'll begin to understand Laskil Chabina. Imagine a couple that after the Sheva Brachas, they find out, one spouse finds out that the other spouse has terminally ill. God forbid. And that they have one month left to live, two months left to live. And they have to sit there 18 hours a day in the hospital bedroom. Would anybody be jealous of them? Nobody would be jealous of them. But do you understand what happens in those 18 hours a day? Do you understand how present they both are? Do you understand how thankful they both are to God? Do you understand that they discover God in that moment? Do you understand that there's no reactivity, there's no arguments, there's no complaining? There's no blaming, there's none of that. Do you understand that in that space, the tension that there is in that space, the presence, that joy, you know it means the joy of every single moment. There's no moment of complaining. We're not talking about if you're reactive in that space. Of course, that could also bring you deep into a sleep. Deeply anxious. But we're talking about a person who it wakes them up. Such an experience wakes them up. Is that relationship conditioned? On what the spouse is going to give the other spouse? Or isn't it, true that, isn't it true that both of them are giving unconditional love? Unconditional love. So it's precisely the diminishment of the containers. It's the diminishment. What brought them together by that wedding? They both portrayed the outside of who they are. The chassid showed up as the most beautiful man. And the kalak showed up as the most beautiful woman, starting from the dating, starting from the introduction to my parents, your parents. And the whole wedding is all about showing on the outside. But in one moment of the chuppah, you discover your spouse that you're, un, you're un, inseparable. You're attached, your mind is closed, your eyes are closed. Everything is standstill. For one moment in time where you discover that I am inseparable from my spouse. But isn't it true that when they land in the hospital, God forbid, those containers are shattered. The containers that brought them together, which allowed the infinite love to come out. So isn't it true that the containers, the reason why we have arguments, is because we are caught up with the outside. We are not using the outside to discover the inside. Isn't that true? That we get caught up with looking how another Jew looks, how another Jew, what, what box they should fit. Isn't it true that that's what we're doing? Isn't it true that when we puncture those containers, we discover the infinity of another person? And that is what he's saying with Laskil Chabina. That it's precisely the moments of pain that allow us to go deeper. Not that we should ever have to use pain, not that we should ever have to go through pain. In fact, 
There was a rabbi, his name is Nusi Gerari. He came to the Lubavitch Rebbe and he told him, if this is true, what it says over here, that through the puncturing of the containers, through the puncturing of the materiality, one achieves real union with God, then why shouldn't everybody crave this? Could you imagine such a question? Who craves suffering? But we just discussed husband and wife, you know what type of love that is? So he asked the Rebbe, how come... The Balatanya explains this in other places also, that the suffering is the diminishment of ego, it's the diminishment of my body. Which the diminishment means the emptying, the emptying of my physicality, so I can discover God. So we should all crave that, we should all crave this type of suffering. Because I want an unattached love with God. I want to love God despite everything. Not only because He's good to me, because I want to love God because He is my life. Said the Lubavitcher Rebbe, a person should not crave this. Because Hashem in His infinite kindness can give you a life where you have no suffering. Not only mentally that you have no suffering because you understand Laskil Chabina, but also you have no suffering. Where He can give you with kindness that you should discover this. Just because on the moment, just because the week after your wedding, if somebody discovers this, God forbid, just because everybody would be jealous of that type of love, but nobody would be jealous of the puncturing of those containers. No one would be jealous of that adrenaline that's released through such a catastrophic circumstances. But the Bhavachar Rebbe said that everybody could learn from this, and everybody could yearn for this, and everybody could ask for God that the same God who made this world, that we could discover this infinity through puncturing of the ego, through puncturing of the, of the, of the vessels of the containers, should ask God that He should give you the same exact thing in your containers. He should give you the wisdom to have it within the containers. Don't wait for a catastrophe to happen to change. Don't wait for God forbid something to happen to love your wife or to love your husband. Don't wait for something to happen. Look at them right now. This the only thing that there is is right now. And you only got married at this moment. And you only have your child at this moment. And don't wait for them to fit into your containers. Just love them unconditionally. And precisely when they don't fit into your containers, where you love them unconditionally. So you don't have to suffer. Because the Lubavitcher Rebbe said that every single Jew could ask from God. You don't have to experience the suffering. And that's why he says that even though a person through suffering, they get to a greater revelation. But you could ask God to help you empty your mind on your own. You could ask God that He should empty your heart. That you should truly be sensitive when you walk out of a supermarket to see a poor person. Not just talk about it or listen about it, but actually practice it, to do it. Don't have to wait till you lose your money. Don't have to wait till you suffer. And somebody else should be there for you, so you'll learn to what it means to be there for someone else. But in a state of wealth, you'll have all the money. You have those money in your bank account, but you still empty it all. You are ready to feel another person. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to watch your structures be stripped away from you for you to discover God. But you say, within the temporal, from a wealthy state, I want to discover God. I won't wait until there's going to be a time when, 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 when God tests me and then now I turn to Him. When my structures are stripped, that I have to go deep into that. But I can recognize that there's nothing devoid of God Precisely because I'm wealthy. Precisely because I have everything. Precisely because my wife is being kind to me, but I still love her. Not because she's being kind to me, because I truly want to understand her. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe said that if a person practices Laskil Chabina, even without suffering, he can discover God. If you understand the message of what Laskil Chabina is, to look beyond the, 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 the temporary. Hein v'lav shavim means in your mind. Good and... Yes and no. You don't have to wait till somebody is sick. 
You could discover it right now. You could discover that the real reason I love you is not for what you do for me. It's because I really want to understand you. And then you've made your mind and your heart infinite. Then you have discovered Yishkan Hashem. Then you have revealed the infinity of your soul. Then the infinity of your soul is revealed in an empty heart. In a heart that just could love unconditionally, unattached. And that's the ultimate revelation of Askil Chabina.